Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes. Welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the people's podcast, players podcast, prognosticators podcast, Pedialyte podcast. That silly podcast. I'm Russ Joy at Joy on Broad. Next to me is Anthony Sanfilippo at Ant San Philly on the end. Bundy at Cetarian 6. We got a lot to get into today. We were like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to call it a morning after. And then as we thought about it, one of us said, it might have been me, it might have been you, one of you guys. We were like, we may as well just call this a regular Snow the Goalie episode because the team has now won four consecutive games. They've won three games to start the second half of the season, and there's a lot of positivity surrounding the team. So we're going to get into that. But before we do, let me go to first to Bundy. Bundy, how you doing? Starting a nice week. Got three home games coming up over the next few days. How are you doing today? Doing good, guys. Uh, yeah, really, really impressed with the uh, with the Flyers. That road trip was was in- incredible. I know we'll dig into it, but uh, yeah, I got my day started off yesterday uh, with uh, with a pretty good skate in preparation for next Friday's alumni game. I was out with Brad Marsh and uh, the Flyers Warriors, who are just amazing. No matter what combination of guys or gals you get out in that crowd, it was a lot of fun. So uh, it's been a kind of a wild weekend. I mean, I, everything going on with sports in general. The Flyers playing so well, mixed between. Uh, uh, some playoff football games, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that dumpster fire too. That is your Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we were talking beforehand about correlation and how that plays into some other teams, uh, but it just shows you as good as things can go one minute, uh, the wheels can sometimes fall off in the appearance of what is really, really great. But this Flyer team, I'm not, I'm not talking about them at all. This Flyer team is just rolling, man. They're like a wagon going downhill. Um, they were sensational in every phase uh, of a road game you could possibly play on the on the trip. Coming back in Minnesota really gave them a lot of life. And then, and I'll just say this before we dig into it, and Anthony takes over here, but I don't think this team can play a better game of hockey than the one they played in Winnipeg. I don't think it's possible. Uh, that's the like if you want to say that's the high, that's the highest level a team can go. And if they played like that every single night. I mean, they could they could have a long spring. I mean, that's the way it is. Whether or not that chemistry's there, and the skills able to shine through at the most critical moment as you approach playoffs, we'll see. But that's the top of the food chain for for what this team's capable of. And no one's going to tell me there's another gear to go. That was as perfect a road game and and a style of game that you can play in today's era. Walking out of there after saying that was a that was a twelve out of ten. That was incredible. And uh, and the other night against St. Louis, um, more of the same heroics, you know, different night, uh, different kind of hero, even though Owen Tippett had a great trip. What a goal that was. You know, I mean, that's an exciting goal. And you know what I found kind of interesting, guys? As Owen Tippett scored that goal, I don't know, I'm symbolic like this. The Eagles were going like this right at that very time. But the Flyers took a 3-2 lead. And I almost felt like I'm saying to myself, and because I've been there when I played, you know, I played a lot of years here with lots of different kinds of teams that were good or bad. And we always thought we had a pretty consistent team, a team to give you a chance anyway. But I really did feel like there was a little changing of the garden a little bit of a way last night at the same time during those two um, banner sporting moment events. Um, I don't know. It was a lot of fun last night watching the Flyers, though. I mean, they don't stop. They just keep coming at you. And, and that uh, there's not one single negative thing, not one. 
Not one that I could say about that entire road trip. The trick now will be to come home and see some really good competition. Dallas, uh, Colorado, and then, you know, you got Ottawa with the, the Giroux emotion, which I guess is probably still there. It shouldn't be, but it will be. And because uh, that game's a, that's like a nothing burger game. That's the one you got to watch out for in the upcoming schedule. So crazy week behind us. Um, but again, at the same time, um, it's going to be it's going to be an exciting week and I'm looking forward to it. And before you get in here, I just want to point out really quickly, Bundy, that was very well said. Um, you know that, that expression, you clean up well? Well, I, I think that we should go to this really quickly because this, this is where you were. And I want to dive into this at some point during the show. But this, this butte right here. Coach Brad got us going pretty good out here. Thanks to all my warrior buddies. For having me out here today just like riding a bike they say my ass coach Brad. <laughs> my ass my ass oh, uh, you know what it was so fun i had another video too i have to i i, I was going out because i was trying to make like a little bit of a light make light of the of this of society in a lot of ways so i was going out onto the ice with my cell phone because i'm like oh this is probably kind of normal you know, I'm surprised like guys don't have the helm the, the phone taped to their head. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, especially like in all the sports, everybody trying to get get uh, garner some attention, you know, with the way they're doing. So I had my I had to brought I brought it out there, but it was really just to, you know, we want to promote the alumni game. And uh I'm not gonna kid you. I showed up late. As soon as I got out there, Marshy says, All right, Bundy, one lap. I haven't been on the ice in over a year. And I thought to myself, Holy fuck, I'm either going to make it or I'm going to drop dead right now. And I made it. Six and a half minutes. I'm ain't still bad. standing, boys. That ain't bad. Six and a half in. We'll see how we're doing. And I, I don't want to do this. I hate to do this to you right at the start of the show. I'm not putting you in the box. But there are people who are saying this. And usually we don't care about how people you know refer to our appearance. But there are some people who are saying that you look a little bit out of it today. And I saw somebody else ask the question above, and I have to ask, is this what did it? That silly podcast. Is that what did it? Stop. <laughs> does, that, does that trigger you, Ant? Does this, no, this, does this bring you back to a very traumatic moment in your life? I mean, no. Ant, listen, it's okay. We've, we've already established this. It, you, know, it, you know why it I looked out of it? It is, in fact, that a silly podcast. And it, it's okay. You know it's why okay. I looked out of it? You know why I looked out of it? In all honesty, and, and you'll, I think you'll find that it's not, not going to be that way the rest of the show. But, you know, right before we went live, Bundy was talking about a time in his playing career uh, that we're going to talk about it a little bit later on here in the, in the show. And, I, you know, I was, I was spending the time during his little monologue uh, in the open here, like doing the research on what he was talking about. So I wasn't even looking at the screen. I was just kind of, I was just kind of, you know, gazing into the stats and, and writing some stuff down in my notebook so that when we bring it up, I can talk about it. So I was completely, that's, I think that's why I was out of it. That silly podcast. Did you? It wasn't, it wasn't that, but I can tell people that that silly podcast is now available over on shop.snowthegoalie.com. Oh, and I will you tell rough. you, this shirt has flown off the virtual shelves. I am surprised and I'm also not. And how many people have already gone over to shop.snowthegoalie.com where you can get all your great merch. We're going to talk about something else. We have a live show coming up in the month of March. I think we're going to have more, but for right now, we have one that we have already finalized in March. And people already bought tickets to, despite the fact that we have not even like put the link 
uh, or like promoted the link. It was in the description on YouTube and Facebook, and apparently somebody found it, and so they bought tickets to the event, which we'll get to in a second. But yeah, that silly podcast uh, is now also available. Shirts over at shop.snowthegoalie.com, as are the Quitter Gautier shirts and a bunch of other stuff. So uh, we'll get to the live event here in a sec. But Ann, I, I do appreciate the fact that you did research here. You are... Um, uh, maybe the only person who did research ahead of today's episode. And for that, you get a stick tap. Bundy went out. He busted it uh, for the alumni, right, and getting himself ready. You went. You dove into a work, into a notebook and did some notes, and I just showed up. And that pretty much sums up our show here, folks. And I wrote, and so, I wrote a story today. And you wrote a story. About the Flyers. On, you, you did. Know, over at Crossing Broad. And and it was very interesting because there's some some notes in there about Nick Sealer. So I don't know where you guys want to yeah. go here first. I do think that since you brought up the story, let's let's go there first. You had in parentheses in the title of the story about maybe Nick Sealer coming off the trade market, and the, we've talked about this. The Flyers have a lot of defensemen. They're gonna something's gonna have to give. Do they look to re-sign Walker? Do they look to re-sign Sealer? Do they trade one? Do they trade both? Give people an idea now of uh, of where things stand between the Flyers and Nick Sealer. Yeah. So just to kind of give a little bit of background into this, um, while everybody around the sport of hockey was checking in on me last week, uh, I got <laughs> I got word that, you know, in, in that is conver- in one of those conversations that, you know, the Flyers were talking to Nick Sealer and uh, about a possible contract extension. And I thought a little bit weird that it would be now that they would do that. Right. Um, I just thought it was a, a, just a weird time. Um, but I didn't, you know, didn't think much of it i was just like oh okay well we'll see what happens kind of kind of you know play it by ear you know i hadn't heard anything about that from within the organization um and then uh yesterday morning i think it was yesterday morning um elliot friedman puts it out on 32 thoughts um and you know talking about the flyers wanting to to uh, bring in you know bring back sealer and i was like well okay so that that is kind of out there um, and so I said, oh, you know what, let me, let me see if I can get a little bit more detail, a little bit more insight into this. So I started calling around to, to some folks and what I was able to glean from it is this, that yes, they really like Nick Sealer. They love his character. They think he's the kind of player that fits really well into what they're doing. Um, and that there is, you know, a, a, a real possibility that they resign him, um, you know, for an extent to an extension beyond this year, obviously he's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, however, it, from what I was told, it doesn't seem like it's anything that's really imminent mm-hmm. right now. Uh, and that's because the flyers kind of want to leave the door open and leaving it open for a situation where, Hey, you never know. Teams might come in and, and offer you something that is, is pretty enticing um, as opposed to, you know, having keeping the player, although they really like the player. Um, a lot can happen over the course of the next six weeks. And so what I was told was it will be a lot like the Scott Lawton situation was two years ago, where it's going to probably come down to the wire. The Flyers will have some sort of a contract ready to go if they don't trade Nick Sealer, and then they will sign him to that deal if a trade doesn't happen. But there's no no 100% guarantee that they're going to lock him up. It just sounds like, you know, it's something that they would that they want to consider keeping him. But let's wait and see because teams could get desperate. We've seen it at the trade deadline every year where guys get traded for draft picks and you go, that guy was worth a first round pick. That guy was worth a second round pick. Like you're you're stunned. You're a little surprised. So I think it makes sense for Danny to to wait 
and see what he gets as far as offers uh, on the table. And then once you determine that value, you decide, is it worth trading for for assets or keeping the player and signing him to a contract extension? Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting yeah. how a lot, a lot of stuff goes into it, right? Like the sign or trade. It's not as much. It's it, it it's harder to calculate the salaries during the season, right? That's why it becomes like when you get your team during the year, that's kind of your team because it's mm-hmm. just so hard to trade salary for salary. So I don't I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I, I like uh, I like Nick Sealer. I mean, it's a great story. There's a lot of great stories like that, you know, now because there's the ability to have them. You know, if guys want to come in and work hard, you know, play hard, block shots, do the, a lot of the nitty gritty stuff, you can be a third pair defenseman in this league now or a seventh guy and stick around for a decade. There's a lot of jobs. There's just not it's not a lot of great players to fill every one of those jobs. So when a guy like Sealer has stepped up and played really, really well, man, I'll tell you what, I find him to be a real luxury to have on your team. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, like I, I, I admire him as a person, as a player, the way he plays for his teammates, for his team. Um, you can just tell even in our era, like back when I played, he would have been, I could just tell a great teammate. Like I would have, I would have really enjoyed playing with him just from the outside looking in and, uh, they- yeah, they blocked yeah. sixteen. They blocked sixteen shots in the game last night. Nick yeah, Sealer, I mean that. Nick, those Nick are, Sealer, those are yeah. Nick Sealer blocked eight. Yeah. Eight of the sixteen yep. were Nick Sealer. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and those are those are you know those are bread and butter type plays because it hurts. You know, I was yeah. a shot blocking guy too. I was always first or second on the team most every year when I played. Uh, we we're at the top, and it, it hurt. You know, some of them don't. But there's times where you're, you're laying down or you're kneeling down and you know what's coming and there's nothing you can do about it because that's what you do for your team. And I have had – I don't think there's a place on the my body that hasn't ha- tasted a puck of some kind. And uh, But that that's that's how you build teams. That's how you – end. like that's when you say it's good to score goals. That's how you glue yourself together with plays like that in sports, you know, and that, that adage will never change. You know, well, so that glues teams together. The interesting thing – that I wanted to kind of look at it, you know, with you guys separate from what I wrote, you know, we came into the season and we looked at this blue line and we were kind of like, there's no way that this blue line is going to be any good. Yeah. It's just not, it's not going to be, it's, yeah. going to be the, it's going to be the weakness of this team. Right mm-hmm. now here you are, you have Cam York's had a pretty solid season. You struggled early, like maybe the first month, but after that he's been pretty darn good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Travis Sanheim had a pretty good um, start to the season kind of fell off a little bit but he's been pretty solid since okay yeah um mm-hmm. then you look you then you go out and you trade for jamie drysdale who you think is going to be you know uh you know one of your better puck moving defensemen going forward now you look at a nick sealer and you say you well, know maybe we want to keep a nick sealer uh as a third pair guy ultimately i mean he's playing second pair this year but ultimately as a third pair guy and then you got some kids coming. You drafted Oliver Bonk in the first round. You know you got Emil Andre playing you know, top pair minutes down in uh, in, in Lehigh Valley, and and uh, Ronnie Adderd is also playing down there mm-hmm. uh, in big situations. And you sit there and you look at these guys, and you go, well, you know what? Maybe the you know maybe you don't have that number one defenseman yet, but maybe you have what's there to make out two through six or two through seven, you know, if you want to count the, the extra guy who's going to have to rotate in, maybe that's what you have. And it's, and it's a surprising thing that you have it. Uh, even though we looked at it at the beginning of the year and said, yeah, maybe one of these guys <laughs> it fits. And now, yeah. now you have more than that. Yeah. And that's, that's a good job by the coaching staff, you know, like to get guys to develop them, uh, mm-hmm. get them feeling good about themselves. The only thing I say is, though, is just to be, you know, and I've, and I've told people this is that as good as this is right now, 
this is an, a tough a tough evaluation because what I think the Flyers thought was what we thought was that we're going to come in here, we're going to watch a team unfold how it unfolds, and we're going to be able to make pretty relatively easy decisions based on that. Nobody in management is going to sit here and tell me they knew this would happen. That yeah. would be bullshit. Even from hockey people, they're no different than anyone else. So what I'm saying is, is that this is tougher now because there are a lot of salvageable pieces. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot There's a lot more out there. Now, I don't know if Nick Sealer is going to get you a second-round pick. I'm not sure about that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what prices are. Everything seems to change every year. You know, like we saw – a guy got traded last year uh, to Vancouver uh, in the Horvat deal, Beauvillier, and he got traded for a late-round pick this year, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. it just depends what teams' needs are at the time. But um, this is this is a unique situation, I think, because they, they really did find guys and they pulled a lot out of these players to try to define who they are. And that's hard to do. But that's this is what Torts does, though. You know, yeah. usually it takes a year, and then his second year is when everybody kind of flourishes. Yeah, and, and it's a- it's interesting, yeah. Bundy, when you, when you look at the game last night, right? They had four goals, 10 different guys registered one point. Yeah. So there wasn't anything beyond that. And when you look at the players that were that were putting it up, obviously Lawton scores goal. He was here before. But who assists Lawton on that goal? You, you had um, two guys that Danny Briere brought in here, Garnet Hathaway and Sean Walker, who were just going to be like guys that are going get, to get you through a rebuilding season. Turns out both players have been pretty darn good. Who scores in the other goal? Ryan Paling scores a goal, yeah. right? On a, it's what kind a of like a crash the net. He bunted it into the net is what is what I wrote. It's like, like a batter bunting the ball. And and it's off of a shot by Zamula, who at the beginning of the season, they weren't 100% sure was going to be a guy that, that would last uh, here this season. They liked him. They liked him a lot as a prospect. But because he became uh, ineligible for waivers to go back down, it was a, like the guy's got to play well enough, or else we get, maybe we move on. And he's turned into a guy who's unwilling, who's willing to, he's unafraid, is what I meant to say, he's unafraid to take a slap shot or take a shot from the point and get pucks through and create offense at the net, which is how Paling scores that goal, right? Um, you know, so when you look at those, you look at the people that are that are contributing and how they're contributing. They're not putting up a ton of points. They're not saying, "Oh my God, these guys are awesome." But what they are is a heck of a lot better than maybe you thought they were as just extra pieces. They actually fit into the mold of this franchise and into the mold of what Tortorella is putting together. And I think that that's a that's a, a you know a nod to Danny bringing them in first and foremost, and then secondarily a nod to to torts for finding a way to assimilate them and get them to be the better pl- the types of players that they've been. It's going to be interesting. So, oh, good. Admittedly so, though. Like, Danny even admitted he didn't even know who Sean Walker was, right? Like, in the summer, like, they didn't know a lot about what they got back in that trade. So, and admittedly so. Like, they weren't sure. They got an extra piece thrown in, and, and it looked good. But nobody knew Sean Walker. Like, even us, we were saying, like, what do we know? And then he started to play good for, you know, the first 10 games. You're like, wow, this guy's pretty good. And then they had uh, the other young guy playing up here, Louis uh, Belpidio, too. So they had kind of an awkward start, but now they look like they're really coming together as a group. That's good to see. Um, before we move on, because it, it is interesting, and I see a lot of people in the comments you know, kind of going back and forth about if you're saying that it's a rebuild, like you do have to sell high. And I totally agree. Like I, I think that the thing that they're, gonna, they're going to run into here, at least with Sealer, is if you can get him on a really affordable deal and it's short term, it's like a two-year deal, and he's not looking for a big raise – this does kind of go back to the Chuck principle that I didn't like at the time with Lawton, which was if you get rid of the guy, you are going to have to sign somebody or preferably, 
you know, cultivate them in the organization and just promote them. But you are going to have to replace that guy. If Sealer's not going to break the bank, if he's dirt cheap and is willing to do it on a two-year deal, then you have to think about it because he brings the intangibles and he brings things that, like, as you're trying to flip this thing to being a winning team, that you're going to want to have in the lineup, which I'm honestly a little bit surprised that that it's continued as long as it has and that he continues to have success at this level. But he, he's he kind of proven that he's an NHL defenseman. You need him. It's fine. Walker, I think, is the bigger one. Walker seems to be the guy that has the higher likelihood of getting you a higher draft pick. And if he plays well, he's a guy who I don't think fits, ultimately. I don't think he's the one that you look to lock in. But we'll see. Uh, one thing that you can lock in and that you probably, well, in fact, you should, as other people have already done. One thing that you should lock in is spending a night with Snow the goalie. That's right, my friends. We have a live event coming up on March 16th from La Cecilia in Oxford, which some people argued is not Chester County. It is. It's down there, but it's, it's, it's in Chester County. It's southern Chester County. 100% it's in Chester County. We're going to be at La Cecilia. We're doing the Press Road Show. Now, what does this include? There's a lot going on and can kind of dive into this a little bit. We've already sold tickets. It's a limited ticket event, but we've already sold some tickets even before we promote it. So we'll see how it goes now that we're promoting it. But it's going to be at La Cecilia. It's going to be an Italian buffet. There's going to be pastas. There's going to be pizza. There's going to be grill works. It's going to be great. We're going to do our show. We're going to do the Press Road show. Italian desserts. Italian desserts. Who doesn't love a good Italian, uh, Italian dessert? The terrorists. Everybody loves a good Italian dessert. Everybody loves pasta, pizza. Unless you're gluten-free, we'll figure that one out. However, we'll be at, down at La Cecilia on March 16th, 5.30 p.m. The game starts at 7. That is Flyers, Bruins. We'll do our show. We'll go live at 6 o'clock uh, doing what we typically do for a press row show. But it'll be the press road show. We'll take it in together. There are going to be some door prizes, all kinds of fun stuff. Come out, take a picture, have a, a great time. It's a BYOB also. Keep okay. that in mind. It's a BYOB. We probably should have put that in there. Well, you know what, Ant? We can go back in and we can revise the image. That was done by Anthony's daughter. Ah, how about that? I don't worry about that shit anymore, Ant. That BYOB. No, no, I, no, I know you don't worry about it, but for, for the people buying the tickets, they should know. They should know you know what? That is, that is one thing I will say. Even though I don't drink and I promote healthy living and recovery, uh, mm -hmm. I never ever demean or tell anybody to not enjoy themselves. Whatever makes you happy in life will make me happy for you. <laughs> that's yeah. it. No, that's this great. Is no, be, yeah, a nice way to put it, Bunny. Look at you. Yeah, it'll it'll totally be fun. It'll totally be fun. Um, I love this, Michael. <laughs> bring your own Bundy. <laughs> Byob, <laughs> love that. We are That's bringing great. our own Bundy. Yeah, no. So they're gonna have. We'll have the game on a uh, projection uh, screen. So we'll do like it. It would be. It'll be like you're live at the Press Row show at the Wells Fargo Center, except it's a road game. And we'll sit there and we will watch the Flyers game with you. And then between periods, we'll do the show like we do. Uh, the only difference is, is there won't be any downstairs post game stuff. We'll just do a post game there at La yep. Cecilia. So it'll be good. It'll be, it'll, it'll probably run till about 10 o'clock. You know, it'll be a fun night. Good food, good company. A lot of stuff. Uh, like I said, like Russ said, door prizes um, from the Flyers. Uh, thanks to them for helping us out with getting some of those. Um, Bundy is going to, you know, we're, we're putting a, they're, they're putting a link up at the restaurant, Bundy, for people to buy the, buy your book. So if they okay. have, uh, if they want to come and sign it, yeah, you'll get your sign. I will, I will bring some books. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll do a special. I'll try to put together a special that night so everybody gets go. a little something. Yeah. Out. That'd be great. That'd be great. Be We're fun. looking it'll forward to that. Fun. It'll be a total fun night. Yeah, it'll be a great night. Yep. So, so uh, Crypto Cowboy asks if we're going on a world tour. And then, no, Snow the Goalie live in Ukraine. We're not there yet. <laughs> Maybe at some point. Uh, but not yet. 
but it will be a lot of fun. Uh, like I mentioned, it was it was really funny because when we put the link up, I talked to our site guy Dave, and I was like, "Hey, can you can you finagle this?" And he did. And within a few minutes, we had it where it was uh, we already sold some tickets. And so now we're promoting it. We'll have a lot of fun. Uh, Matt, Evan thinks uh, that Bennett, he's been there right down at the game. So you come and meet yep. me. I don't care if it'll be before or after. I will meet you. I won't leave till we see it. Promise you. There we go. That's great. Yeah, uh, well, my game is uh, Friday the twenty what twenty sixth. What's that date? Yeah, the twenty sixth, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a code, if I'm not mistaken, to get. Oh six my gosh, out- Ant, you're just you are just taking people from one place to another, from from one ride to another. Go ahead, you got it. What you got the code? No, Ant, because usually I no, transition I these things, it. but you know, go ahead, Bundy. It's F, as in Frank, one two six, S as in snow. G as in goalie. F one two six S G is the promo code. Russ is typing that furiously to put it up on the screen so everybody can see it, and that will get you six dollars off your tickets uh, for get it, number the, six six. Yep, yeah, yeah, six dollars off your ticket I like price that. for the <laughs> alum, <laughs> for the alumni game. So. I like that. Um, okay, so Ant did the thing that you're not supposed to do, which is he threw to a plug that I wasn't ready for, and he does not control the board. I'm well, silly could, like he that, could. Russ. I'm silly like silly. That. Silly is one uh, way to do it. I'm silly uh, like that, Gary. Was that the we'll jerky to... boys? I'm silly that way. <laughs> Markster68 wants us to bring the press roadshow to Montreal. Or, yeah. Well, the food up there is epic. I don't disagree. Wouldn't that be something? One of the best steak restaurants I've ever been to is in downtown Montreal. One of my favorite Italian restaurants, believe it or not, is in downtown Montreal. Anthony, and of can course, I, can, I, can I ask you who they are without me saying? Let me guess. One of them is Moishes, right? Yes. Because, okay. Yes. And then the yeah. other place is the Italian place um, um, that everybody only, goes to. All it's only open for lunch, and it's oh, right okay. next. It's right next door to the strip, the famous strip club. Which is I don't weird. know any gentlemen's club. Call yeah. it a gentlemen's club. Anthony. Gentlemen's club. Gentlemen's yes, club. I forget Thank what you. the I forget what the the uh, I'll have to think of it. it. But it was they don't have a menu. You it's two brothers who own the place. You walk in and there's a chalkboard and <laughs> and on the chalkboard is what they're serving you that day. That's it. You don't you don't order. It's what they're serving that day. And like it's that. homemade. They make the brothers make the food and they serve you. Two guys. That's it. It's like got like eight tables in there. It's awesome. It's one of the best Italian places ever. Um, yeah. And of course, they have poutine. So, yes, they have great food up in Montreal. I don't know. I think Franco here. I'm gonna call him Franco because I want to imagine that he's Italian. But he's going, "Hey, bibbidi boobidi bob." I'm pretty sure that's what he's. Cheese pinch prayer hands. Cheese yeah. pinch prayer hands. We're gonna have a lot of fun. That um, is gonna so be. That's gonna be a really great night. So uh, anyway, up, you go over. You shut up it. You go over to shop.snowthegoalie.com for tickets. Shop.snowthegoalie.com for tickets. All right, go ahead now. Cheese. No, no. I wanted to get to. I wanted Bundy to come. You know, we, and this kind of was based off of you know what happened to the freaking eagles um you know Do we them, have to them collapse well no because it's tying into hockey right i mean so yeah part, you, of, so, part of what before you get there bundy part of go ahead get it up get it up part of part of what is making this flyers team so interesting right now is the complete and utter buy-in by the team by the players and and you know the great line that you know a, a lot of coaches say that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts in other words, the, the the players individually maybe aren't that great, but when you put them all together, they are worth more than individual great players. And, and so, like, there's a buy-in that's really important. The Eagles did not have that buy-in. In fact, there was a lot of rotting from within, and that's what caused this epic collapse, which I say is the 
worst collapse in professional sports in my lifetime in 50 years. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think that there's anyone worse. But as we were talking about it before the show, Bundy made reference to a time when something similar happened with the Flyers. And I completely forgot about it. And then I, when he mentioned it, I was like, oh, my God, he's right. And I went and looked it up, and damn, he was almost spot on. And it, yeah, was, and it, was, and it was 26 years ago. But get Bundy, go ahead and, and tell, tell the story, and then I'll give, some, I'll give you some numbers. So we, we had played uh, – we were playing unbelievable. It was a 2001-2002 season. And, um, Actually, won, before and I, that – yeah. Will you I, stop I, interrupting I, Anthony? What has gotten into the right today? season? You wait, hold on. It was, two, Bunny, it was Bunny, before you go into it. We need, oh, we need, that's like, that's gonna be like, that's bear spray. Hold it's on. bear spray for Every Ant. time you put him up there, fuck, I feel like I'm watching Dark Helmet from Spaceballs. One more, one more. Okay, fine. That's silly podcast. Go ahead, Bunny. I'm sorry. We have um, we've won. I think I think seven or eight, seven in a row. And we're in. We have a, a road trip, uh, and we go to Toronto, and we beat Toronto on a Saturday night, three nothing. We got to play Pittsburgh on a Monday night in Pittsburgh, Steel City. And now let let's let me tell you, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves, right? Like won seven in a row. We just beat a good Toronto team, three nothing. And so Mark Recchi and Rick Tockett um, get tickets to the Steelers playoff game. You know, Pittsburgh guys, right? Rex is Pittsburgh, Tockett, Stanley Cups. So they get um, they get us playoff tickets to the Baltimore Steelers game. And the Flyers had provided the the drink tickets, the food tickets, and everything. So we're like, all right, well, let's, we're not going to waste the time out. So, like, we're going to go have fun. So we go to the game. Guys split up, and then we have a dinner uh, afterwards at Morton's at like six o'clock. The game's at one. Anyway, there was more than four or five of us that were well into a good football NFL playoff game party, and the Flyers were the ones giving out the drink tickets for everyone. And like, I don't know what they thought was going to happen, but anyway, long story short, we get our balls blown off the next night. We show up at the dinner just hammered. Uh, I may or may not a couple of guys may or may not gone back out after and uh we played pittsburgh the next night and we lost and that was january i want to say 21st of 2002 and if you look at the remainder of okay so what happened afterwards uh what why i'm saying this is that it caused a bunch of pockets in the team afterwards some people complained the guys went out other people saying, why did you give these fucking guys tickets for drink tickets to go to the game? It was like one person blaming the other. The coach blaming the players. The players saying, it's not my fucking problem. We just won seven in a row. This is yeah. hockey. Guys go out. Guys party. It's it's togetherness. But all the bickering and the bullshit that went on after that, you take a look at the Flyers' record right till the end of the year. We couldn't score. Didn't love each other. Up until that Sunday, We that team was unbelievable. Loved each other. And something happened in a moment, and it destroyed the chemistry for the rest of the year for that team on one event off the ice. I just want people to understand what a fine line it is between having a great group that you're going to die for in the playoffs and win, and in the regular season that's going to carry you in. And But also, when I look at the Eagles' 10-1 and start, I think everybody said, this doesn't feel like it's really 10-1. and Got away with a lot. 
but then clearly something went wrong in the last few weeks. And it could be one little thing on any team. So I always say that when you have that chemistry, find a way to hold on to it. And if something does happen in the year, sometimes it's better to let it go and let guys be guys and let them figure it out for themselves. Sometimes the best thing a coach can do is just fucking stay over to the side sometimes. You know, I know they want to have their hands and everything, and now they probably feel with dealing with more Gen Z that they have to get in there because that's the way society is. But I always feel that when the coaches got involved with that thing, you know, what happened? Why are guys out partying? What went on? I, I just think that it just took – it was too many hits for too many guys in that room, and it caused too much chaos. And at that time, we weren't able to focus on hockey. So I just wanted to give people an example of how things like that can happen quick. That was the only time in my career that I could safely say that I felt there was something that had that gone off the rails in terms of a team in the season. Now, there was individual players that I'd seen stuff happen that maybe mixed up the mojo in playoff stuff. But I don't want to get into that right now. I just want people to understand that little things can – can have an impact on an entire team, and it could be the smallest little thing. Yeah. So just to, just to update, so I did a little bit more research after you de- determined it was 2002, and you were correct because I found the date of the game and the and everything else, and so it was spot on with the with the year there. You guys were coming off of not just having won eight straight games, but yep. you had gone 19 and five in the previous 24 games. You guys were rolling, rolling. That happens, and you went 13, 7, and 17, 13, 17, and 5 the rest of the way. Um, yep. And just kind of like limped in to the playoffs. And of course, you lose in, the, in, in there. Um, or two goals in that playoff. Two goals so against five Ottawa games. in yep. five games. Yeah. It just was, it was pretty bad. That was, a, that was a terrible series. The one I thought you were referring to, Bundy, and I went back and when I went back and looked originally, and maybe you can tell me what happened here because I don't have an exact memory of it, was in 98, 99. From December 12th to February 6th, you guys lost one game in regulation. You were 16-1-7. You then went 2-12-5 in the next 19 games. I don't know how you could go from being that, playing that well to playing that bad. Like That was the one that I looked at and I said, yeah, that's kind of comparative to what the Eagles just did. Um, but I didn't, but yeah. I, I, so that's what I thought. That's why I thought that's what you were talking about. But it turns out you were, you were yeah, that, well, that's another one. And, and it is, it, that may be the one. Is that the one where we were, where we hadn't won in like 12 games and they canceled the trip and all that? And yep. yeah, yeah, we had some ties in there, which we, you know, probably would have now we yes. would have probably found a way to win an overtime game and it would have been okay. Yes. But yeah, that was that was a rough that was a rough goal for a good six, eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> It happens. It happens. It is wild, though, Bundy, like the the way that one thing can fundamentally alter the entire complexion of a season. Now, I I think ultimately what killed the Eagles is something that has not gotten reported yet and I think probably will come out at some point. I I do fundamentally believe that Jalen Hurts got hurt in one of the first four games of the season and that he tried to play through it and then tweaked it again. One of the things that I've seen people saying is that he he heard it in week four and then tweaked it again against the, was it the Rams? It was in week 14. Um, And the thought was that maybe he was starting to rebound and then it fell off again. I just think that he tried to play through something from the start of the season. His lack of mobility, the way that he absolutely changed his game, that it was no longer a running threat in any way, shape, or form, that to me screams injury. And that he was of the belief and that the coaching staff was of the belief that him at 70% was still better than Marcus Mariota at 100%. And I hope that ultimately, if that is true, if he was trying to play through the season hurt, that it does come out. Um, But fundamentally, 
the coaching staff sucks. The play calling sucks. And Dan Orlovsky put out a tweet today that if you have not watched yet, please go find it. The tweet is called uh, bad, I think it's called bad offense or bad play calling. And it shows a play where it's verticals. It's four vertical, uh, four vertical routes. And there is uh, no accounting for the oncoming blitz, as was the case the entirety of the game. That coaching staff was outmatched. It was outmatched consistently. And Jalen Hurts' lack of mobility couldn't bail them out. It was just, it was just not good. There was, you, you I, I can forget, tell I, too after. Go ahead, Ann. Go ahead. No, I was just going to. I was just going to ask there for a second. I forget what podcast I'm on right now. Is this Snow the Goalie or Russ Reacts? Now, listen, we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't <laughs> worry. That'll have to come out this week. Maybe we'll we'll reconvene the uh, the council here. But like seriously, it, it and it's a shame. But like Bundy, I look at it and I go. I think on the field, I think that's one thing that maybe we can see. We do the eye test of like what you have in front of you, right on the field. But what you're talking about is one thing behind the scenes that no one would ever know about, right? And and the way that it can yeah, just that- tank an entire locker room. That that's what I that's what I was trying to tell you guys and to tell the fans that there's something that you could never plan for. You know, like you can't you can't point at that and say we need to watch out for that moment in time. You don't because you're just living life. You're a human being, right? You know, you go go out and try to win eight games in a row, and then you're given tickets by the team with drink tickets and go to the football game. You've won eight in a row. Pittsburgh was okay, like we should have beat them. But it didn't matter. I mean, that's just that, – unfortunately, that's what humanity happens, but it's a lot of how people react to it. I saw the comment last night, and again, I know we're not here to talk about the Eagles a lot, but I did – I saw Lane last night on TV and, and Kelsey's face, and something was bothering them. Something yeah. happened in that room. Something went on because Lane Johnson is like – he's a monster, you know, and, and I just love those guys. Like, they play hard. They're the meat and potatoes, you know, on the season ticket. I love going down. But Lane Johnson's my son's hero. He loves watching that dude. But I want to see a big man like that last night clearly upset. Clearly upset that I think he felt like we had enough good guys here to try to win something again. Well, and, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, Bunya, and I'll throw it to you from, uh, you know, just to try and keep the, the balance here with, with hockey. Um, you know, trying to think if, if you've experienced this. Because you, you look at that, you look at what the Eagles had, and you have some veteran guys who you know and you saw them busting their ass in that game last night. Offensive line play for the most part played well. I mean, I know there were a couple of penalties on on Jurgens for the downfield stuff, whatever. Um, but for the most part, that line is is one of the best in the game. You see guys on the defensive side like Fletcher Cox had a nice game. Brandon Graham played his ass off. You know, these are guys who've been around 14, 15 years, mm-hmm. right? And then and and they're pissed off because other players in the locker room didn't have that same kind of mentality going into a do-or-die playoff game and really didn't have it going down the stretch of the season. And so the question is, I'm sure you've seen this in hockey as well, right, where where it happens where you have guys who are all pulling on the same rope, but if you just have a, a handful that aren't, or even less than a handful in hockey, probably you could, get a, you could have it be two or three that aren't pulling on that rope. That could derail everything that you're trying to accomplish. A hundred percent. It takes in the playoffs, especially, you know, like, I mean, that's, that's big time, but yeah, I mean, there, there was pain in their faces last night and, and, and you could see the genuine, how genuinely upset they were, you know, I mean, almost to the point where they want to cry. It looked, I mean, it was like that Kelsey was in the field and that's fine. Like, I love that. It's passion. You know, you care so much that that's just your emotion coming out. But afterwards, when I saw Lane on, on the show last night on the post game, they're just like talking about it. You could tell he was hurt. And uh, so something went on there. It'll be up to the management to figure it out. And because that was, as you said, Anthony, uh, 
uh, you know, you went from the the glorious, uh, you know, beautiful penthouse to, I mean, the worst doghouse on the face of the. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. In well, sports. Bundy, I I actually do want to spin this back to hockey a bit because th- there's an interesting point here, and I want to try to tie this in. So John mentions I've never heard analysts shred a coaching staff that bad during a game. Aikman, the Mannings, mm-hmm. everyone was shredding the coaches, and what we. Like, we all seem to perceive that there are issues in play calling. There were issues in, in the way that things devolved over the course of the season, right? And A.J. Brown doesn't talk to the media, and then when he does, he comes out and he kind of does like the rah-rah, we all believe in the coaches. And a few of the guys last night said, you know, we believe in the coaches. Hassan Reddick said, we believe in the coaches. Like, all that. Has there ever been a time, because ultimately I think these guys should lose their jobs, um, and they've all gotten paid well, and so I don't feel as bad. It's not like they're losing their their job as a cashier, right? But has there ever been a time where the public has wanted one of your coaches fired, and you know that maybe it's not the coach's fault, or you and the rest of the locker room, for the most part, feel like it's not this coach's fault. He shouldn't lose his job. But the public sentiment is the opposite. And like, how do you react to that as a player? Yeah, I went through a lot of coaches and a lot of firings in season after season. Um, yeah, like uh, um, Craig Ramsey is the best one I can give you an example. He shouldn't okay. have been fired. We just had a slow start coming off the the we went to finals that year or the uh, the the court the semis and it was just a, there was a lot of sour taste left in a lot of people's mouth after that spring exit in two thousand and then Rammer got the job and there wasn't one guy that wasn't happy to have Craig Ramsey as a coach. He had Billy and, and Mike Stuthers as, as his assistants. That probably didn't help a lot. You know, Billy's a legend. You know, he's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Flyer alum, uh, Hall of Famer. Um, and, and I think we were like 12-12-1 and one or something like that, you know. And it didn't matter who coached us for the next 40 games. We were going to turn the corner, whether it was Rammer or whether it was Billy or whoever. So, But we did feel like Rammer got fired, and it was because the Flyers felt that we weren't forechecking hard enough. We weren't a hard enough team to play against. Um I, I just think it was, again, that was like one of those early season parts of the season where we're trying to wade in our way into it. But that was one for me. I, was, I didn't think Rammer should have ever been fired. Guys liked him too much, and he he understood a long season and also understood that you, you couldn't push every single day. Every single day there was a push on, you know. And so you had to let guys breathe a little bit during the year to allow that to, to decompress on your own. Uh, and that's why he was good. And then, and then I've had other coaches who just never will never let up. Like Hitch will never let up. The guy here now probably is the same way in a lot of ways. Just feels like if he's not talking or actively in a guy's kitchen or in his wheelhouse trying to talk, or uh, then it, you're not going to get the same result. But that doesn't necessarily mean it. There's different styles in coaching. Um, but yeah, I have I have felt like that. Like I thought Terry Murray, like you know Terry Murray firing was a weird one, right? Like he made a comment that was stupid. That's the only reason he got fired. He made the choking comment. I mean, what in what world is a coach with a kind of coming in, you know, three years in the league has turned a team around and he gets fired for saying that the team choked in the playoffs? I don't think he was talking about the whole team. I think he was talking about a couple players uh, that he had really relied on in that 97 finals. But Detroit was a great hockey team. We lost fair and square. Uh, and that's the way it goes. But, uh, you know, Rock, uh, Wayne Cashman came in and he admittedly said, I don't really like being a head coach. He was more of an, an assistant coach. So they brought in Roger and Craig Ramsey to kind of pick that up. And then Billy took over. And then he was more of a player's coach. It didn't work out. And then he brought in Hitchcock here who invented the game of hockey and just asked him, <laughs> he'll tell you. And, uh, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, and then Hitch came. Yeah, and then all, he, he, well, I don't remember all that. Time I was getting, 
one of the all-time great quotes was Clarkie when they fired Roger Nielsen. Do you remember this, Bundy? I, I probably if you do. You do need it. to do the you need to do the Clarky voice if you remember it. We didn't ask him to get the cancer. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, yeah, I know, I know. I was, like we were like we looked at Bob was like, "What'd you say?" <laughs> Awful. What did Awful. you I remember say? One time, Bob? one time, I think I might have said this before. One time, someone said that Clarky was sitting around. I think Coatsy's like, "Hey, uh, hey, Hitch, Hitch, can we get you today for uh, Coatsy's corner?" And there's like four guys there, Clarky, and Clarky goes. Do they have a corner big enough to put Hitch in? <laughs> oh. Deep inside, deep inside, I'm like, yeah, give it to him. Get that big joke out there. Go ahead. <laughs> there you go. Those days, man. I, and that's why I, I, I tell people all the time, like, you know, everything's about transparency today and who's, you know, and the availabilities that you have and, and how teams run things. But it's, it pales. It pales in comparison to just what it was like to cover these guys 15, 20 years ago. It just was a whole different world and how it went about and the things that you heard and the things, the conversations you had and the things that you, we saw and that we, uh, we just didn't report because it was like, that's not for the public's consumption. That's just something that we're witnessing right here. We have, you know, the bird's eye view of it, but come on, man. Like, and that stuff just was awesome. And now if that stuff were to happen in front of the media, it would be like, you know, <laughs> the worst thing ever to happen in, in society. It would become this viral video. Everybody would talk about it. People would get canceled about it. It would be like it's crazy as to how everything has changed from the way it used to be to what to what it is now, because that stuff was what made it fun. Right, Bundy? I mean, a lot of that stuff was just fun. It was just the because way people were. Guys want to see characters. Guys want to see sometimes stuff that just. That, that kind of seems like it belongs with the sport, but you, people can't believe it. Like, when someone asked me, you know, like, what was it like? It was fucking awesome. Like, it was yeah. 12 years of awesomeness that I wish I could go back to the beginning, maybe do a couple things differently, but I would never change who I was. Like, ever, you know, like, that's who I was. You know, life life treats you differently, and sometimes you have to make, make changes, but I loved it, and it was a different time. You know, there was no, you know what, Anthony, too, I say there was no social media. Like how much guys would have changed if there was social media. Now you, you know, I mean, you do anything and it's, you know, you're going to get recorded or someone's going to do it, but you're right. That was a different time. And uh, I think a lot of people understand that. And I think a lot of people miss that as well. You know, it kind of, there's, I mean, how many drama stories and funny stories you hear mixed in with pro sports because of the characters mm -hmm. involved. And uh, I don't think you see that quite like we used to anymore. No. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. Is there anything else? I feel like there were one or two other things that we wanted to get to. I know I don't remember. I remember saying to you guys, don't let me forget X. Don't let me forget Y. We talked about the promo code for, for uh, $6 off for the alumni tickets. We talked about the live event. Again, March 16th at La Cecilia in Oxford. Come on out. Italian buffet. Italian buffet. Pizza. Pasta. Some desserts. You want some cannoli? I don't know. Maybe we can make it happen. We could talk to a guy. I don't know. We'll get Anthony out there. Gabagool. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be some. Get some prosciutto. There better be prosciutto, Ant. If there ain't no prosciutto, I ain't showing up. Actually, you then you'll make sure there ain't any, and it'll just be you two. So I'll make sure I show up. Intern Andrew, I believe, might actually make an appearance out there. He as will well. be there. Intern Andrew so, will be there as well. Yeah. So that's gonna be something. Um, 
This is a good oh, question. Go. This is a good question. I, 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 love, I love how a, good, a really like a buddy, a, a new listener, but a buddy of mine. I just spied him right there. Look at this guy. Good, good movies. Yeah, I got some good movies for you, Adam. I'll be in touch later, pal. <laughs> oh, you know oh, what? Yeah, nice. You can't talk about those movies. <laughs> what movies? Are... <laughs> what did I see? I saw something the other day that wasn't bad, um, but it was almost like the oh, it was the one with the the, the Andes mountain plane crash with the rugby team. Oh yeah, this was, did you yeah, see yeah, the, the Society uh, of the Snow? Society of the Snow. Did yeah. you watch it? I did. I did it, and it was almost like it felt exactly like the one they made in the nineties. Alive. alive, alive in ninety three. It was very, very similar. Yeah, there were it was a couple things like... that were different, but it was very yeah. similar. Um, <laughs> Brandon Picaris is dressed intern Andrew up like Chef Boyardee. I love that. I love that. You know That's what? a great idea. That's a good idea. That I is. <laughs> Intern Andrew shows up dressed like Chef Boyardee. What could possibly go wrong? All right. We did the live. We talked about the live show. We talked about the new merch. That silly podcast. That shirt is now available. The Quitter Gautier one's up there. All of all of the fan favorites are still up there. Shop.snowthegoalie.com. Um, a big... Oh, I remember what it was. I didn't tell you guys this, but we picked up some five-star reviews. We also picked up some one-star reviews of people not liking Amp, but those people are stupid because, as we know... If you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it. So if you think that Anthony is a terrible human being who's devoid of any journalistic integrity, leave a five-star review and write it, and I will happily <laughs> read it here on the show. All right? So uh, there, there's that. He just goes um, around making stuff up all the time, Russ. Goes out there making shit up. By the way, I saw uh, Chicklets <laughs> talked about Ant again a little bit on their most recent show, Intern Andrew uh, pulled it for us. I love the fact that Biz like talked about it again and Wit talked about it again. They still haven't hashtag sent the link though, so nope. uh, I guess this is just going to be what they do, and that's fine. They can. Yeah, just... I see a bunch of uh, new ones that you can read. I think there's three that I see that you're going to read. Oh, five. You know what? The, sorry, I, I, wanted, I wanted to answer this. Uh, Terry Ryan, Mar Terry Ryan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he played mm-hmm. the other night for his hometown team in the East Coast League up in the Atlantic uh, in the. Canadian Atlantic, but he ended up, I mean, 47 years old. He got back in the league and played. What a great story. Congratulations to him. I think he dropped his gloves too, from what I was told <laughs> or, or, or read, but I mean, that that's, that's a really, really cool thing. And uh, I wanted to just give him a little stick tap for that. Nice. Good stuff. All right. Um, I don't know which one you see first, Sam, but I'll go with this one. It's actually fitting because the Iowa caucus was yesterday. And uh, so no, uh, this the one, one before the, the one before that is we didn't do Baldo. from Baldo. Yeah. I thought we did. Okay, well, we'll read Baldo's first. Baldo99 left a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. Hockey's best podcast. Been listening since last year. These guys are so much fun and love the team in the game. They take no prisoners, tell it like it is, and give expert analysis with a passion of diehard fans. Let's go, Flyers. Let's go, Snow the Goalie. I love that. That's Thanks, great. Baldo. Yep, All right, the next that. one. As I was saying, yesterday was the Iowa caucus. This person is hashtag MAGA, so good luck. I think we might have just <laughs> triggered half the audience and also gotten half the audience excited. I'll read this one in that voice because well, that's the only thing to do, I guess, for this one. Five stars. The best Bundy Bomb podcast there is, believe me. Thank you guys for everything you do. You all make the drive to and from work easier. All the insight and knowledge you give to us fans is unmatched, very unmatched, fantastic. I appreciate the effort and truthfulness you give. It's hard to find people that don't lie and just say what people want to hear. Sleepy Joe. I wish I could pay you back more than just a five-star review. Keep up the hard work. It doesn't go unnoticed. It doesn't. Big Brother's always watching. He's always watching. Got the drones. Love the drones. We love the drones. All right. Um, That's too good, dude. So so good. 
there's that one. Seek up 1732, five stars. Excellent content. Uh, video quality honors the 75, 74 and 75 cup teams with a mix of 2024 hockey talk. Must listen every episode. Obviously referring to when Ant and intern Andrew go down into the Ballast of Wells Fargo Center and record with a potato. Uh, we had a five-star <laughs> review from up in Canada from It Me Gritty. It's a beaut. This gem is as real as it gets. A must-listen for any Flyers fan who is sick of cookie-cutter hockey talk. Top-notch. We love that. Again, one. there were a few one-star reviews that we're not going to use. And we actually got one a couple days ago. This one is from Donovan, uh, Donovan Buck. Sorry, I almost, said Dane, I almost said like Donovan Buck. Whatever. Donovan Buck. Five stars. From someone that listens full-time. Unlike some, I listen to every pod. I also read a lot and listen to the team and other team news and pods hearing a lot. This pod is my top podcast up there with Jason. Ignore the people that are hearing things from one side and closed-minded. Would recommend this to anyone wanting to listen. Keep up the awesome work. Love you three. Thank you. Thanks, Much appreciated. Very nice. Very nice. All right, so that was a lot of five-star reviews. Again, you can go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, which is helpful. You do the five stars. If you leave a review, we'll read it on the show. So again, if you think that Anthony is a horrible person devoid of journalistic integrity, by all means, leave a five-star review and we'll read it here on the show. <laughs> I, will, you, I will read it. I will read it like mean tweets. Ooh, that would I will be read fun. it like mean tweets. That'd be yeah. really good. Uh, if you're on Spotify, you can leave a five-star rating. Just go to the Snow the Goalie page and then below the logo, you'll see a little star rating. You can leave a five-star rating there as well. Um, I think that's probably it. Oh, there was one other thing. Oh, and we didn't talk about this ahead of time. And I don't think you guys probably got to listen to it. So maybe we'll talk about it later this week. Scott Hartnell was on Spittin' Chicklets. And he ripped Cutter Gautier, Quitter Gautier. Yeah, he did. Um, absolutely ripped him. And that was primarily about the fact that Gautier refused to meet with LeClaire and meet with Sharp. And that it was a disrespectful thing to do. And that if you're going to try to be a, a player, a professional in the NHL, that the very least you could do is have that meeting and not just ghost a team. So I thought that was very interesting. I don't know if you guys had a chance to hear um, Hartsy's quotes about, you know, I did. at all. Okay. I did. I only listened to our own quotes. Uh, okay. <laughs> we I fire them off. We fire them off in real time. We don't wait a week. No. Nope. <laughs> and what were your thoughts? Before we had, I, I thought it was. I mean, look, I thought I thought it was a little bit uh, a little bit harsh. I mean, you're talking about a 19 year old kid. Again, I tie it more into the agent, you know, not advising him in the right way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I I, I I put more of the blame there because I think ultimately when Cutter Gauthier is 30 years old in this league and he's pretty successful, he's going to look back at that and probably say maybe not publicly, maybe he'll say it publicly, who knows? But he'll probably say privately. Yeah, I, I, I didn't handle that well. That should have been handled differently. I think that he he will do that. I don't think that he's going to, you know, if he does, if he doesn't, if he still feels that he handled it the right way down the line, I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised. Yeah. But so, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Brandon asked something, uh, and we'll get to, like, we, yeah, we did I, talk about this. We talked about this the other day. So when I the just people who are in the podcast feed, hold on, the people who listen to the podcast feed who can't yeah. see the comment. Brandon asks, and did your source get back to you in the wake of the shitstorm? So much so that the Nick Sealer news that you got came from the same source. Mm. Well, and when that doesn't turn out to be anything, then we'll just burn that source, right? Is, <laughs> that, is, that, is that what happens? Completely. Like, ah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. If that, if that ends up happening, then, um, you know, then we'll know that we're... We're back on the up and up. Um, okay. I think it's probably good for today. Yeah. Uh, big thank you to everybody who tuned in. I do want to point out, I didn't tell you guys this. 
but I will tell you this now because I think this is pretty cool. We crossed a threshold. Oh, I did tell you guys. I texted you guys this yesterday that we have continued to grow every month uh, this hockey season, and we are on pace to do record numbers with this show. I think we're going to have a new sponsor coming in February, which we're working on finalizing. We have that live event going on at La Cecilia in March, which I think will end up kind of creating more live events. If you have a business who wants to get out to over half a million, we had over half a million views and listens across all platforms in the last year. I would think that's a pretty nice number. I think it's very solid. So if you're looking to get in front of a massive audience of people, Snow the Goalie. The Only Flyers podcast. It's the place Famous to be. You can, you, can email, you can email us, snowthegoalie at gmail.com. If you're looking for work, freelance work, doing social media stuff, doing clips, I put this out on the Joy Media account, also through Snow the Goalie. You can email me, russ, at joymediallc.com, where we're looking for somebody to help us out continue growing this show with social media clips. We want to start getting into that game a little bit. There's only so much that the three of us can do and that intern Andrew can do. So if you are interested, if you're a college student, if you're just out of college, if you're looking for a way to build up a portfolio, have a hell of a letter of recommendation from me, from Ant, and a, a big old kiss on the head from Bundy, no better way to do it than by uh, reaching out. So, all right, Bunny, I won't sign up for a kiss on the head. Fine. A, a pat on the head? Pat on the head. We'll go pat on the head. The tailgate, I know we're going to leave, but tailgate's coming. Yeah. We're work. Well, you have a date. Do we have a date for that, Anthony, allegedly? The, the, the plan right now is March 30th. Um, okay. We'll see. They, they're trying to – they just needed to get – they need to get a lot of logistics done with the carnival first. Uh, and yes. Once they get the logistics done with the carnival, they, they can turn their attention to us in the tailgate. So I will be on the grill. Yes, I'll yes. be on the grill. That's going to be something. So. Yeah. A big thank you to everybody who tuned in to the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, we have a lot of cool stuff coming up. We will be down at Wells Fargo Center three times this week. We'll be down there on Thursday as they take on the Stars. We'll be there back-to-back day games, Saturday against the Avalanche, Sunday against the Senators. So we'll be down at Wells Fargo Center. Remember, if you come up to the Snow the Goalie Sportsbook, just outside of it, right by the Oregon, we will be there broadcasting live for pregame, intermissions, and postgame. So make sure you come on out chat with us, and head over to shop.snowthegoalie.com. Pick up tickets to the La Cecilia live event. Go get your shirts. Go get your sweatshirts. We have a lot of stuff on the way. So a big thank you. This is great, by the way. Nathan's saying, if it's freelance, interested parties won't be subjected to elf costumes, will they? <laughs> only, if, only if you want. Only if you want uh, to. Anyway, we will be back later this week with three editions of the Press Row Show. So until then, I'm Russ. That's Ant. That's Bundy. Follow us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. We will talk to you later this week.